I'm Tammy Bielland, founder and CEO of Workplaceless, and you're tuned in to Pass the Mic by the Rosie Report podcast. In each episode, the guest from last week, me, talks to another rebel for good, change makers who bravely opted out of traditional employment and turned their life's work towards a mission that is also changing the paradigm of work. Last week, I talked to Lorraine Charles about the future of remote work, and this week, I'm excited to chat with Ginny O, founder of Wander, an award-winning product strategy and UX design firm. Famously, Ginny's LinkedIn post, Sacrifice as a Founder, reached over 20 million views. Welcome to the Rosie Report podcast, Ginny. Let's just dive into the first question. How would you best describe what you do? (laughs) Sure. So I would say that my job pretty much changes every day, but uh, at Wander, uh, we consult our clients on product strategy and user experience design. And our mission at Wander is to build great experiences, meaning we want to build great user experiences for our clients' customers that are as beautiful and easy to use as consumer mobile applications, Um, but also building great experiences beyond software. We want to create opportunities for our team to build great life experiences as well. So this is kind of why we chose to scale remotely even before COVID happened. Uh, To us, uh, being remote, it's completely enrooted in our culture and foundation because we want our team to explore and gain as many unique experiences as possible. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is how creativity flows into the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that you were doing this well before the pandemic. So you were doing all of this before 2020. So your choice to be remote happened well before everybody else saw what was happening. So what did you see that others couldn't? Yeah, I mean, I could not have predicted the pandemic, I'll tell you that. But uh, being global has always been a big part of who I am as an individual. I grew up having moved to different cities and countries um, all throughout my life. I'm actually in the uh, process of getting my third citizenship at the moment. So it was really important to me that this value of being a global individual permeates through our organization and, and that being part of our company's DNA. Um, so I always knew that we wanted to grow as a remote company um, from day one. Um, we wanted to be inclusive of unique uh, individuals who may not be within a 10 mile radius of Los Angeles. We wanted the best talent from around the world, um, regardless of who they are. And this could be, you know, we have mom and dads who work around baby schedules, or we have digital nomads who choose to live on the road. So we wanted to be very inclusive of those unique individuals. And can you tell me a little bit about uh, where you're at right now? So you mentioned your desire to scale and you wanted to do that remotely. What's the size of your workforce right now? So right now we're still under 30 people. Uh, we're steadily growing. Uh, we've been, we had a little bit of a, a, a halt in our uh, roadmap back in March and April, but we're back on track to, uh, to scale this year. That's really exciting to hear. And so you mentioned you know, you have a staff of, um, you know, under 30 people, but you're growing, you really want to make sure that your company and its workforce reflects that goal of, of being global and delivering excellent experiences to all sorts of individuals and audiences. I'm curious how you, what kind of processes have you developed in your organization that support 
those individuals that you just mentioned, like being really inclusive? What, what are some of the practices that you have in place to make sure that your organization is inclusive? <laughs> oh man, we have had built so many processes, broke those processes and then had to rebuild them again uh, over the last few years. Um, I'll give you a very specific example. Um, so we used to time track all of our team members, and this was a way for us to manage different time zones, understand um, data behind uh, the different employees. And then we got rid of our time tracking because we wanted to be results driven, not output driven, um, not hourly output driven. And it's funny enough, as we're scaling again, we see the importance of time tracking. Um, so I think it just really depends on the type of company or where, what stage of the company you're at. Um, for us, we, we swore, swore off time tracking and we're reintroducing it into our organization. Um, so never say never. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's really interesting. I think just that example that you gave how cyclical sometimes business can be. Um, and you really do have to take into account the current context that you're in and your priorities and make decisions according to that context, as opposed to, you know, saying, uh, giving one blanket statement and hoping that it's going to apply to you forever and ever. Definitely. And the second thing that's, I think, really key to remote organization is communication. Um, again, keeping in mind that you have different time zones, different culture, uh, different way of working. And so we have a mix of communication style within our organization. And one thing that um, I'm sure a lot of people are now starting to learn about is asynchronous communication, meaning you're not in real time when you're talking to somebody. So um, this means if someone in Europe is logging off for the day, they might have to communicate with someone who's just starting to log in for the day. So it's important to provide as much context as possible to someone that you're trying to communicate with and being super clear, trying to communicate and being succinct, but also providing all the information that you need to um, for the next person. Yeah, really important points. Um, when we work with companies that are trying to go remote, we really emphasize the importance of an asynchronous culture um, and not relying solely on those shared moments of time in order to deliver decisions, ideas, news, anything. So that definitely tracks with my own experience. Yeah. Um, and, and it gets exhausting when you have to be on Zoom all the time. And I think a lot of managers are starting to learn now that it's not the most efficient way to communicate um, to have everybody on meetings all day long. Yeah, and and to your point earlier about being inclusive, that is not a practice that is inclusive in the long run um, because you're inevitably going to leave people out of those synchronous discussions. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so was there a defining moment that you knew that you had to take action and form Wander? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would say that uh, every quarter there are defi different defining moments that uh, completely reshape the culture of our organization. I mean, when COVID hit, uh, there was a lot of uncertainties, but Luckily, because we were always remote, there wasn't anything that uh, completely shook up our business. Um, what is really important um, to us now, though, is 
realizing how COVID has affected our employees on a personal level. You know, like I said, work-wise, things haven't, like we had a little bit of a dip in our sales, but it's business as usual. On the personal side, I do see morales have changed. Um, you know, people aren't as happy and perky and energized as they used to be. Um, everyone has been working from home for the past uh, six, seven months now. And these are people that we have always encouraged to get out to the world and travel. You, you work remotely because we want you to travel. And now that they can't do that, we're seeing that it's being affected on their mental health and their personal relationships. Yeah, and that is definitely something that that needs to be addressed, right? Because if employees aren't happy and they're not, you know, they don't have the energy or they're just not able to do the things that they were able to do, then that has a ripple effect on everyone. Um, and so what are some of the things that you as a team are doing to support your employees? Yeah, so today, funny enough, we actually had our team culture meeting to talk about like, well, what kind of activities do you guys want to see uh, moving forward? Like what's going to help you uh, bring out the best work and be the best person that you can be because we're not going to be able to host retreats for at least the near future. And one of the ideas that someone brought up is it's just important to talk about like give provide a space for us to be open and talk about our mental health. Like for example, next month, why don't we all download um, Calm or Headspace, um, use it for every day of the month and then share our experiences of what that was like with the rest of the team. So little activities that are focused around mental health and people were very receptive about sharing what's going on in their personal life. I think it was just a matter of giving them that space, giving them that safe, open space to um, bring up those ideas and be able to talk about them. Yeah. And also just with you as a founder being open and vulnerable and identifying mental health as a priority, I think that gives a lot of people permission or feeling like they they can talk about it. Um, and it's clearly a priority for you. And so it can still be a priority for them. Definitely. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm on this personal mission to bring more awareness about mental health, especially in workplaces, because, you know, I, I deal with it on my own as well. Like I've been battling through depression most of my life. And I feel that a lot of employers and employees don't necessarily talk about uh, this topic of mental health um, as it's very sensitive and, or if they do talk about it, maybe they don't know what to do about it afterwards. So I, I've been, I've been very vocal over the past year um, about the importance of being vulnerable and having those safe open space uh, to talk about mental health. Like I said, I've been there. I still fight through my own mental health issues, and I, I can only hope that by sharing these stories, uh, I can help others to be better equipped to deal with their own or to help uh, their employees and their team members to, um, to get through it. Yeah. And so in what you've just described, it sounds like you're really putting a lot of emphasis in your internal operations and in supporting your own team members. I'm curious if that mission to support mental health or bring attention to mental health is expanded in your overall mission um, 
in what Wander does. Has that had any impact in your decisions or strategies? So, okay, so if I can rephrase your question, um, has my personal mission about bringing awareness to mental health, has that affected Wander as a business? Yeah. Uh, Tammy, honestly, I, I, I wish it had a direct effect. Um, mm -hmm. I really do. But if I had to be completely honest, I would say that um, at the moment, they're very separate. Um, you know, my, my, there's only so much that you can do as a founder um, that's dealing with her own mental issues. So right now, I'm, I'm very much focused on trying to be a, a healthy founder, a healthy founder for my team and my clients. But Otherwise, it's hard because we're we're building software. It's very different than um, doing uh, bringing mental health care, uh, mental health awareness. Um, we do, however, had two clients in the past that are building applications. So we did build designs for uh, mental health uh, applications. It's like a somewhere between like a meditation app and a. Um, depression coping uh, application. That's like the best way I can describe it. Very cool. Yeah, I was just curious whether that personal mission had, um, you know, carried over into into anything else, but it, it does sound like it, it is something that you use as a lens for your, just your experience in general. That's a beautiful way to put it. Thank you. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Great summary of what I, yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, and, and so much has changed in 2020. You've already talked about the impact that you've seen on your team members and that it's a dramatic impact. Um, what else do you see now that you didn't see before? Yeah, I, I guess just putting more importance um, back to talking about uh, employee well-being. Um, I think that was something that, you really don't see until you shine light on it, right? Mm -hmm. So we always thought like by providing this lifestyle of being able to work remotely uh, for employees was enough. And I thought uh, providing the right benefits to our employees was enough. And so this year it's, it's really shined light that people just wanna be heard um, and people want to, provide value to the company in different ways. Um, I'm being very vague right now. Uh. <laughs> no, I, I think I think you're really touching on some really important aspects. Um, you know, I think it is really hard to quantify the impact of a good employee experience. Um, but what you're saying is that when there are factors that are contributing to a negative employee experience that could be, you know, not related to the actual business, but just external factors like that does become quantifiable or becomes identifiable. Um, and I think that is a really important lesson for founders in that, you know, maybe we shouldn't wait until, you know, a pandemic to really understand what it is our employees are looking for. Mm -hmm, exactly. You're, you're very good at this. I should be interviewing you, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm really um, just intrigued by all of your answers. And uh, I, you know, I also have struggled with, um, with anxiety, particularly. Um, and so, you know, just you talking about the importance of um, supporting 
the whole employee experience and the whole employee. I mean, that's, that's all resonating a lot um, with my personal experience as a human being, but also as a founder who struggles with anxiety. So I'm curious, um, you know, you mentioned right at the start how important it was for you to travel and for you to be, you know, a global citizen and also for your team members to be able to travel. I'm curious about how you are handling all the restrictions on traveling and not being able to fill that void. Oh, yeah. I I went from being a full nomad, no home base um, having a remote company to being stationed in LA and not to mention, I I went to the extreme side of quarantine. So I didn't see anybody. I had all my food delivered. I was in complete isolation for at least like five months straight. And I'm just starting to kind of peel out of that and, and start my social life again. But, um, in terms of how that's, you know, how that's affecting our company um, and where we want to go for the future. I mean, it's still rooted with who we are. Um, For now, we're just seeing it as a pause and let's all focus on being a local. Let's focus on uh, being as healthy as we can be. And then we can resume back to how life was um, before, before COVID. So that's, that's all I can hope for at the moment. Yeah. Is there anything that you've been doing in quarantine to sort of help you fill that void that you, or, you know, meet that need? Like, what have you been doing to keep your mind occupied? Yeah. Oh my God. I've learned so many new hobbies since quarantine. Um, So I've like been in and out of LA for the last five years and I'm discovering so many new hikes and so many new neighborhoods here that I've never even known about before. So it's just like exploring locally for me, uh, cooking, um, cooking has been big and just fitness. I've honestly just been so focused on my own health, uh, body, mind, soul, everything over the last uh, six, seven months. And I can't even believe like the amount of growth that I've been able to um, experience in, in, in that time period by just focusing on um, just focusing on like things that I'm consuming, both like food, content, um, things that are, um, things that I'm occupying my mind about. So that's why I'm like, I'm preaching about health so much this year, because it's been a a big game changer for me. Yeah. And so do you think that that's um, critical as an employee and also a founder? Of course. Yeah. For me to be the best founder and leader that I can be, I have to be the healthiest person um, that, that I can be. And same with my employees. Like I, ex- I expect them to take care of themselves, um, both mentally, physically, spiritually, as much as possible. All right. So Ginny, a final question. I'm curious about what do you think is in store for you and Wander in 2021? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be traveling anytime soon in 2021, but I'm super excited about um, just continuing the mission that I'm on. Right now, it's it's small. It's just talking openly to my team. It's uh, talking openly on social media about the importance of mental health and bringing that conversation into workplaces. Um, but otherwise, it's continuing to grow, wander, and that's about it just one step at a time. 
Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you so much for talking with me about your journey. If others want to find your work and be able to follow your journey online, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter um, under Ginny O with an extra H. Excellent. All right. That's it for this week's episode of Pass the Mic by The Rosie Report. Tune in next week when Ginny talks to Brad Grossman, founder and CEO of consulting and publishing company Zeitguide. Until then, subscribe to the Rosie Report podcast on Spotify and Anchor, and be sure to check out more stories on building a future of work for everyone by everyone at therosiereport.com. <laughs>